Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 39 of the Two Hands on the Hurl podcast. I'm your host this week, TJ Mills, and I'm joined by the legend, that's Robbie Mansfield. How's things, Robbie? I'm good, TJ. How's your uh, blood pressure after that Liverpool game? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I have a heart monitor here and it's, uh, you know, on kind of a watch and it's shown kind of normal enough. But uh, being honest, we're very lucky um, to stay in the game in the first half, uh, we started well first five minutes, but um, Man City took over. And to be fair, on the balance of play, they should have taken the lead. But um, when they didn't take their chance, you knew Liverpool uh, would go up a gear slightly. And yeah, slightly sickened that um, we conceded from the Brana, but um, at least it wasn't Sterling anyway, <laughs> thank God. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, we take a draw being honest, be kind of disappointed, but um, at least we're undefeated so far, only a point behind Chelsea, so um, it's a lot to play for. Uh, I won't take the table the way it is, I would like those to be in first position towards end, but um, on the balance of play, you you kind of have to say that the table the way it is, is kind of deserved at the moment, but um, yeah, we discuss it more in a minute, but... um, yeah, I think Liverpool might have to open up the purse strings slightly, but um, no, we take it. Uh, did you have a good week, Robbie? Yeah, good week. Kind of busy enough. And uh, today I had like the first day off. I've had full day off in a uh, long, long time. So it kind of took it nice and easy today. So yeah, it was kind of busy week and uh, trying to reset now for a new week now ahead. Yeah, I know it's it's hard to readjust, especially after kind of a layoff. I, I know myself, um it'd be I'm hoping to be back shortly myself. I have a project on the cards, but uh yeah, it'd cool. be kind of a readjustment um after but thank God we're re emerging the other side of the pandemic anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. we begin the podcast anyway, Robbie, with um there are news in or sorry, news from Kerry again. And Peter Keane isn't happy with the way he was being treated by the Kerry County Board. Do you think he be justified in feeling hard done by? Uh, yeah, I think you. I think you would, especially you know they didn't really seem to mention him when they were announcing Jack O'Connor. Um, so I don't know if there's kind of bad feeling or whatever, but um, yeah, I think I think he should definitely feel a bit, you know, that he didn't really get you know, a nice kind of send off, you know, and he did, he did kind of bring that Kerry team on. No, fair enough. He didn't go on and win the, the ultimate prize. Um, but also I think as well, the, I don't know if you've seen the letter he released during the week saying that all the, all the players uh, were backing him to be the manager again. So that's kind of under cushing uh, Jack O'Connor uh, as well. So um, he was kind of firing back as well. Um, I don't know what the relationship between Peter Keane and Jack O'Connor is, but um Definitely for Jack O'Connor, he's going to probably feel like he has a bit of work to do already before he even starts the job because um, all the all the players wanted Peter Keane back, apparently, you know. So, um, you know, trouble in the Kerry camp. And uh, as a Dublin fan, I will definitely take that as uh, being a good thing. <laughs> I have an opinion in my head here, but just in case uh, I don't want to say it, but um, uh, I don't know, there's something... Fishy, I think, in the, well, in my head anyway about it, but um, I won't say anything just in case for defamation or anything. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I won't go down that line. But yeah, I I, I would feel for uh, Peter Keane. Um, like 
the it's the one thing I discovered within Komogi and it's the same within the GEA as well. It it can kinda be thankless. Um so yeah, I, I think the it could have been managed better. Um but you hope I mean it's kind of unfair in a sense to Jack O'Connor as well because with what Jack O'Connor done for Kerry um two stints as manager, um uh, two lots of all earned wins as well, um multiple all earned winner as manager. Um I I think at this stage it's the county board have to take it. Um hopefully being honest, I would like to see Kerry doing well. Um I the two K's I always said Kilkenny and Kerry. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it plays out. In other managerial news, Kildare, after appointing an all-star management team, Robbie, Glenn Ryan as manager, uh, former Longford manager, and he brought in Anthony Rainbow, John Doyle and Dermot Early as part of his uh, coaching team as well. Do you think this could be the management team to topple Dublin and Leinster? Yeah, we'll definitely give it a good go anyway. Um, you know, if you were to ask any Kildare person what would be their, their dream team for for managing Kildare at the minute, you probably would have uh, picked those three guys, you know, and um, they're definitely going to bring Kildare on and raise raise their game up massively, you know. So, um, yeah, it's good for Leinster football in general, good for Kildare. And um, hopefully we're, we're going to see a nice uh, competitive uh, Leinster championship uh, to bring bring football on, you know, because obviously Dublin winning the whole time isn't great for football or especially in Leinster. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a... It's a really interesting combination. And speaking of Jack O'Connor, he had maybe brought this current Kildare crop on a bit. Like, um, so it would be interesting to see what these three guys can do. They'll definitely have um, buy-in from the players straight away. Like the record uh, as players uh, speaks for themselves, you know. Um, so yeah, it's it's a good tidings for Kildare, and uh, hopefully, uh, as I said, going to be competitive Leinster Championship this year. Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, Glenn Ryan had a good stint with Longford as well, brought him up from <coughs> Division 4, uh, Division 3 to Division 2. Now, I know as last season there, they were disappointing in Division 2, but Division 2 uh, can be uh, a doldrum as well. I mean, you have teams that would have been playing Division 1 coming down over a number of years as well, so it's not easy. But we wish him well. Um, personally, I'd like to... As everyone knows, I have Leash connections. I'd like to see Leash um, topple Kildare. There's a local rivalry there. But uh, no, I wish Kildare uh, management well. Uh, there are also talks, Robbie, of a new championship format. And there's three um, formats up for the decision on, I think, it's the 22nd of October. And the GPA are back in uh, proposal B and personally myself I would favour that as well uh, just for the listeners if they don't know i just summarise them quickly option A will involve retaining the overall structure of the inter-county season but with a redrawn uh, provincial um, competition so the boundaries will be gone in essence so you could have maybe Leitrim coming into Leinster or going up to Ulster and vice versa that way it'd be the same with Leinster Option B, I think, is the best one that the league and championships will be linked. Uh, there'll be seven games and it will filter into the All-Earned series. Uh, there'll be preliminary, and I know I pronounced that wrong because I can't say it properly, but um, there'll be preliminary All-Earned quarterfinals with second and third 
uh, in Division 2 drawn to play Division 3 and 4 champions. Uh, there's also the all quarter quarterfinals. We'll see four top teams from Division 1 uh, to be drawn against 5th in Division 1 and Division 2 winners and preliminary quarterfinal winners. It's the introduction of the Talton Cup um, for teams uh, from Division 3 and Division 4. It'd be similar, I say, only better structured from the Tommy Murphy Cup that was brought in in the mid-2000s. And provincial championships will be retained, but as pre-season competition. So it'll be similar, say, um, to the Auburn Cup that used to take place in early, er, sorry, early January in Leinster. And option C, sorry, <clears throat> is to retain the current system that's in use. So just a summary there for anyone that may have not heard the proposals. What do you think about the proposals, Robbie, and which one would you favour? Yeah, I am... Um... I think both of them are less than perfect, to be honest with you. But um, I actually kind of like the option A, to be honest with you. It's um, I know it's like you could say. I think it kind of arguably kind of brings out down the provincial structure, provincial championship, and stuff like that. So uh, I know a lot of teams might not have a chance to win it, but it just kind of seems to really, you know, take all the life out of it. And I think that um, with with the way they structure the option A, where it's like a a group thing, if you know what I mean. So if it goes into two separate pots, um, for so each each province will be divided into like groups of four, and the top teams play each other to win. Uh, so I think that way at least you'll have a chance to play a lot of games and then go into an All Ireland series. So I kind of like that option myself. Yeah. Um, I know a lot option B is getting a lot of uh, traction as well, but um, I actually can't see it going ahead because. The way, it, the way it will kind of uh, bring the provincial structure down and a lot of uh, provincial councils aren't going to vote for that. They're not going to be in favour of that because it probably diminish their power long term. So I think actually option A would is actually better than it sounds. And I think that option B, you know, you're going to have probably three teams in Division 1 not in the All-Ireland Series, you know, because if they if you don't finish in the top five, you're not in the All-Ireland Series. So I think that's kind of not great either for those teams that are, you know, at the top end. And are they going to go into the Talton Cup then? And they'll probably yeah. end up winning it then, you know? So I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's the one thing I, I, I can't disagree with what you're saying. I definitely can't. But the one thing would say bring the likes of Leitrim into Lens. And I'm I'm not singling out Leitrim for, if, uh, for any listeners from Leitrim, but... Would it not kind of drag down in a sense to be a bit like, you know, Galway coming into Leinster? I mean, would that not take away? I mean, they are kind of a big thing when you're within your own province of uh, winning the the title. In other words, if you had, say, the likes of Watford going into Connacht or if you had Wexford going to, say, Munster as well, would it really have the same grow? as the current structure would be um and another question would be would it kind of even the playing field a bit do you know say the likes of longford had good success over dublin in the early stages of say the burn cup or that um dublin traveled down say to pierce park and longford and often got turned over and it would that kind of uh, level the playing ground uh, playing ground and give the teams confidence that they can take on the big teams as well yeah, well, I definitely think there should be more more games in you know home venues like like going to Longford or 
you know, Wexford Park or any, you know, I think the bigger teams will be well up for going to these places as well. Like, you know, so I think there should be less games, uh, you know, like for Dublin, for, as a typical example, less games in Crow Park for them and get them out around the country and stuff like that. That's, that would be great for, and have loads of games on um, in different venues around the country to be a great buzz around the place, you know. So I think that's really good. And, um, yeah, and a lot of teams, you know, if you go to, you know, Ockram, I know like Wicklow, in Division Three now, we're in Division Four for a long time. You know, even if you you play them at any time and had to go to Ockram, it'd be a very tough task. Like so, um, yeah, definitely more home advantage should be given to teams. Um, but as well, like I think the way it would work would be a team from Ulster would end up going into would end up going into Connacht. Uh, the worst team in Ulster, shall we say, will go into Connacht, and a couple of Leinster teams will go into Connacht and Munster to even it out or whatever. Um, so I think yeah that would be kind of good uh, and they all they all go into like a, a round robin kind of, kind of group thing um, but either way no matter what way you do it there's going to be teams getting hammered by other teams that's that's not going to not happen like you know way. so yeah I, th- I think that you know they're saying oh maybe Wexford will go in to play Kerry and should have just get bet as well but um, but they'll end up maybe playing the likes of uh, Clare and Waterford and stuff like that so different teams and maybe playing Kildare and Mead and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think, I think you know, option option B sounds better, but maybe actually when you have a think about it and how it will actually play out, that um, the option A is better. That's just what I think. But realistically, what they should do is maybe base it on, say, run off the league and then seed the team. So, say, you know, Division 1 teams will go into pot A and so on down to Division 4 in pot D and then to kind of draw, you know, eight groups of four and, you know, the, you have to finish uh, in the top two in those groups of four, you'll go into the All-Ireland. You finish in the bottom two, you go into the Talton Cup and I think that's a, a fair way to do it. But um, anyway, these are the options we have for us. But um, yeah, I'd say, I would say more than likely the GA will go for option A because it gives the provincial provincial competitions more clout. Yeah, I know, definitely. Like I was saying, um, I can't disagree with the points made. And it'd be interesting to see, hopefully, they stream uh, the debates that take place. I know Dulcer Council um, are after coming out saying they aren't in favour of option B. But yeah, it'd be re- really interesting couple of weeks um, to see how it, how it plays out. And uh, I think that's coming into place from next year as well. So... The more games, and especially after two years of kind of limited crowds, it'd be it'd be great to have uh, a lot of games to be able to go to. Um, we move on. There are some club championship action uh, took place over the weekend. Uh, did you get a chance to see the Bally Gunner game on TG Carr, Robbie? Uh, I was just going to listen to it on the radio as I was doing a few bits, um, and it seemed like a quite uh, convincing win for Bally Gunner. It's their eighth. Uh, eight title in a row but they were saying that they have uh, maybe like nearly a month off now or maybe even longer before they get into like the uh, monster hurling club um, so it just seems a bit bonkers the way that they're running it in Waterford the way they run off all the, the hurling and then they run off all the football um, it just just seems a bit counterintuitive rather than like maybe having them an alternating weekends like they have in a lot of places like so um you imagine it'd be going in cold into whatever match you're going into in Munster then. But um, yeah, I think there was, I, I was just kind of vaguely uh, keeping tabs and stuff on the radio. And I think there was some good games in Clare and Limerick today. And uh, I'm not sure about, was there any game, many games in Kilkenny this weekend? 
Yeah, um, Bennis Bridge uh, claimed the senior league title over um, Clara today. I try. I forget the exact score of it, um, but it was. It's a real big win for Ballyhale. Or sorry, for Bennis Bridge. Sorry, um, they would have been down in junior ranks going back say a decade ago, and yeah, I mean it's a real Dan uh, Dan Shanahan's involved and. Um, I think Willie Marr Tipperary, I stand corrected on that, but I think Willie Marr that was in contention for the Tipperary senior hurling job was involved. So congratulations, Valley Hill there. Uh, the draws also took place for the senior um for the senior championship and it drew um Valley Hill Shamrocks against Bennis Bridge. Um, there are also draws as well for the relegation. Um, also today, Tullerone had a good win over Aaron's own. And for anyone that knows Kilkenny hurling, they know how dogged Aaron's own can be. So that is a terrific win for um Tullerone there over Aaron's own. Aaron's own are really really dogged side. And being a Carrick Shock fan, I know coming up against them over the years. But I think the real Matewater and Tyabe see how the Rain County. Uh, champions Ballyhale get on against Bennisbridge. I think that'd be a really classic game and it'd be one definitely ahead to if it doesn't clash uh, with Ballyhale. Uh, we move on anyway from GA action, Robbie, and we have to talk about the Premier League. Uh, we chatted a bit about Pool and City uh, earlier on. We go into that in more detail in a minute. But what the hell's happening in Manchester United? It's kind of going as we're predicting that Solskjaer's coming under pressure again after a one-all draw against Everton and Ronaldo wasn't on the score sheet either. Yeah, and he stormed down the tunnel at the end of the game. So, And the other thing, as we mentioned before about Ronaldo, is every little you know thing that happens with him is blown up and magnified and stuff like that. You know? And, you know, they came within you know seconds of uh, getting or drawing with Villarreal. Uh, and they've got two tough. They've got a tough um, fixture list coming up as well. So um, you know, and Everton are a decent team and they're playing well. Benitez has them organised and playing well. So like a draw, you know, overall isn't that bad. But when you combine it with the loss against Villa and then not looking great during the week, um, and is there a power struggle? You know, the dynamic between Ronaldo and uh, Solskjaer. You know, is that going to be beneficial or healthy for the club? Um, so yeah, it's interesting interesting to see, but um it's usually after a few bad games that Solskjaer and United go on a good run and uh you know they end up offering Solskjaer a new contract by the end of it, you know, no way. So it, it's it's very like, you know, uh, peaks and valleys with Solskjaer and United. So um be interesting to see how it goes. But um all the time there's people calling for his head no matter what he's doing. Uh and you know, on the opposite side there's people supporting him no matter what, give him a chance, give him time. So uh yeah, it's it's very interesting. Um, I know some United fans are quite frustrated with how they're playing and stuff. Um, they've got great talent there. Um, and maybe defensively, maybe we need to add to that maybe in, in January or whatever. But um, there's definitely huge potential in them to go on a bit of a run and do really well. And uh, you know, I won't say win the league. I don't think they're that, they're that good. But uh, definitely be up there anyway, challenging for it. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, they, as you say, they are a decent side and bringing in um, Benitez is a fair job as well. In regard to Manchester United, I, it's great seeing them suffer, suffering or struggling as a Liverpool fan with all the success Manchester United had over the years. But um, 
looking in you wonder what's going on at board level there um as you say they go on a run then they have some dire results Solskjaer I um is being spouted about but yet it's doing the same thing over and over again the real danger this time is the last time Ronaldo was uh, with Manchester United they had the terrific run under Alex Ferguson and he's not after coming back especially when he's kind of at the pinnacle of his career and come back and kind of suffer disappointing results that they're doing and I think it could be the one decision that Solskjaer made that could be his downfall as well when you have a player as you say that has all the media attention and is prone to kind of outbursts of emotion as well storming down the tunnel doesn't do anything for security and having a senior player there as well can kind of disrupt uh, the morale within the team as well but like I was saying Long may it last as a Liverpool fan, but uh, for the United fans out there, I I think they, I think they, the board need to just get their act together and like would they be in this position if there was another manager in there? Just say the likes of Brendan Rodgers or Rafa Benitez. I know they're both Liverpool former Liverpool managers, but they're they're can you like, <laughs> but. If they now, I hope it never happens, um, because I think it'd be the same as Ronaldo going to City to uh, the outcry about it. But do you think they would have success there? Uh, other than if Solskjaer was gone, if someone went in their high profile, do you think that United would have success, Robbie? Yeah, I think they would. Um, when you look at the managers they've had since Fergie left, like Moyes, um. And then there was the Dutch fella, his name is me at the minute, Van Hal and uh, and Sosker and and Mourinho. Like they've all, you know, Mourinho not at the peak of his powers, um, and probably did well with them finishing second at the time. Um, you know, like Sosker seems to have the best team and squad that any of them have had, and you know, fair enough, they did well last year towards the end of last year and stuff, but um. You know he's kind of is is he too is he always going to have this kind of doubt over him and stuff like that you know so um I think personally you know you know if like maybe Pep Guardiola was to go in there they would probably win a lot more games um but like realistically what manager is big enough for the United job or to step into Fergie's Fergie's boots there's probably not that many either like in a way so um and as well with the pressure at United will always be always be. You know, pressure to win games and stuff like that. And maybe it's just too much for any manager, really, at the minute. You know the way. But uh, even like Solskjaer with his inexperience. Um, but yeah, I think maybe if Pep Pep Guardiola was to go in there, he would be able to to uh, be more consistent with the results. Uh, but other than that, I'm not sure who else could go in there and be maybe as successful as Pep. Like you know. Yeah, no, it's it's really valid points you make there, Robbie. It's it's kind of interesting in comparison. You look at, if you look at, the, and I won't drag it on much longer, but if you look at, say, the money that's after being spent, I know they got a bargain on Ronaldo. Um, I think it's about 15 to 25 million or something when, with, say, bonuses and all of that down along. But I think initially it was about 15 million and... I stand corrected, but I think there was kind of installments or something as part of it, uh, I think I heard. But if you look at, say, Lampard wasn't given the same opportunity with Chelsea, you kind of, you'd be kind of questioning 
uh, the metal of the board there, but um, I stand corrected on that. Like I was saying, long may uh, the United Barnes spell continue because mm. with the track record, I wouldn't say it'd be um, for much longer, but I think it would take a change in manager. Uh, we move on. Anyway, we chatted a bit about it earlier, the Pool City game. Uh, what did you think of it, Robbie? Do you think it draws a fair result or do you think one of the teams should have won it? Yeah, I think kind of overall, uh, City were you know looking very good in the first half, and it was really two brilliant moments from Salah, um, one for the assist for to set up Mane, and then to to, to he went past three or four lads to to score his goal. Um, yeah, other than that, like Liverpool quite unimpressive, and even Anfield was you know quite subdued to what it normally is. Um, didn't really have a whole lot to cheer about apart from the two goals. And I think City looked really good. Um, and you know Milner may be lucky to stay on as well. He had um, it looked it looked probably worse than it was where he kind of ended up tripping over tripping up uh, Bernardo Silva, uh, and he landed on his head. So it looked terrific, but it was probably another you know yellow card because uh, if he had got it was like more of a professional foul. If he had to got through, he would have been uh, doing introduce some damage, you know. But um, yeah. I think overall, I think City had a bit more of an edge about them over the entire game, but. Uh, you know, Salah's brilliance really shone through, and uh, you know, I know they, I know they went ahead twice, but um, if it wasn't for Salah, they probably would have uh, lost the game. I'd say. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'd have to tend to agree with you. I mean, Salah set up Manny for the first goal, and I mean, the second goal was just outrageous. I mean, it was just, uh, it was just a joy to watch. Um, yeah, on the balance of play, I mean, I think uh, listening to the commentary. I, I had to agree Liverpool looked jaded in the first half um, they they showed their brilliance in spells but um, yeah I mean overall disappointed we didn't get to win after going 2-1 up but um, on the balance of play if you're looking at it impartially Liverpool would have to settle for the draw I mean with the chances that um, Man City have but it's really setting up for a great finish towards uh, the end of the Premier League next year because I say to be a lot of twists and turns along the way I think the table at the moment is Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City and Manchester United so it'll be interesting to see how uh, that plays out. Uh, we move on anyway Robbie thanks a million to the top picks and I'll let you go first this week Yeah Um. so there's one actually I was trying to get to watch was um squid game um it's become highly recommended so i'm def- definitely going to check that out during the week it's meant to be net- one of netflix's uh top shows um oh, cool. another one i was kind of watching i was kind of in a bit of a kind of halloween mood was um i, I know what you did last summer and uh, now kind of watching it back for the first time in years um it's actually a, a really really bad movie but if you if you watch it almost like as in you know it's funny as how bad it is uh, then it actually becomes quite an enjoyable film so if you kind of go in there saying like this is so bad it's good sort of a thing uh, then you won't be disappointed but if you're expecting you know real cutting edge uh, horror movies then uh, it's probably not a, not a great one to be honest um, another kind of interesting kind of thing I've seen during the week was uh, Disney are going to do a series on Boba Fett who's a character in uh, Star Wars so that's coming out in December so that's um Something I'm looking forward to as well. It should be good uh, following on from the, the success of The Mandalorian. Uh, I don't know if they're going to make another series of that. Um, 
just with the different actors maybe having different commitments and it, it mightn't happen for a while. Um, so yeah, Boba Fett, that looks really good. Um, yeah, other than that, they're, they're all my uh, my picks for the week. Uh, how would you teach? Yeah, um, there's two ones I watch. One's a real girly film, and it's uh, but it's interesting. It's kind of um, anyone knows I kind of have a background in finance, and I'm hoping to move back into it as a career again in the very short term. Uh, um, but there's one. It was on RTE on Friday night. Uh, Working girls. It's kind of around um investments and stockbroking and that. It had Melanie Griffith, uh, as the main actresses from nineteen eighty eight. But it's it real like I was saying. It's kind of a girly, but it's kind of a real interesting one, uh, in a sense and enjoyable. And the second one, kind of following along from that, would be Wall Street. You know with um. Charlie Sheen and oh, what's your man's name? Michael uh, Douglas. Michael Douglas. Yeah, I love that film. And uh, yeah, there are two kind of financial ones I was watching over. Um, it's kind of following on. I love The Wolf of Wall Street as well. Maybe it's the finance connection I had, but I, yeah. I love kind of watching those films, especially when you see Justice Served as well. Um. But yeah, they'd be two films if you haven't seen. They're both from the eighties, um, but yeah, they're really enjoyable. The second one's a strange one now. It's there's a rumor blown around. It was actually uh, released by the Kilkenny People newspaper, and I'm really excited about this. Um, I'm hope I'm not setting myself up for a disappointment though. Is there's a rumor going around that there's going to be a concert in Nolan Park in Kilkenny next year? Um. now there's a few names being bandied about the last concert was two years ago was Bob Dylan and Neil Young uh, I was at it and it was really enjoyable I won't lie to you Neil Young was the star of the show there but there's a rumour that it could possibly be a big act Bruce Springsteen's been mentioned around um, he played there in 2013 uh, there's also a mention of Garth Brooks but you know the way idle rumours can go around but um. I think after the past couple of years, if it could be a major act and something to look forward to, and hopefully um, the Irish Open golf will be in Mount Hewlett again next year, be maybe a brilliant summer around the Marble City. Uh, but they be my picks this week. I know the second one's a strange one, but I'm kind of excited because uh, I think Nolan Park's brilliant for a concert um, compared, say, to Croke Park or that. I think the Q6 around Nolan Park is um, brilliant for a concert. Um, were you ever at one in there, Robbie? Or... Uh, no, I was never at a concert there. But uh, yeah, just looking at it, it does seem like it would be a, a good venue. And uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully we get a, a nice concert local, you know. So, so uh, no fair in all Crow Park having all the good concerts and stuff like that. So yeah, hopefully it's a, it's a big name and uh, hopefully we can get tickets as well. Uh, just before I move on, it's uh, in the news this week as well. I know I'm going slight, uh, slightly off the agenda. What do you think about the uh, residents' views about the uh, concerts in Croke Park? Do you, uh, would you agree? Uh, would you tend to have sympathy? Or would you think it's maybe a bit OTT that they should allow the concerts to go ahead? Um. Yeah, I think, well, you know, it's hard to, like, they, they probably do get a lot of, hassle a lot of crap especially at concerts and stuff like that you know people just throwing rubbish in the gardens and you know it probably does really lock down the mm-hmm. place but it is a good opportunity to make money as well for a lot of people um so yeah I, I would actually kind of think it would be a great idea 
if they built uh, like a stadium or like a concert venue in the middle of Ireland, you know, maybe yeah. somewhere in the Midlands that's connected well with motorways and all this sort of stuff, it would make a lot of sense. Um, you know, and you could have concerts there the whole time, you know, because with, with Crow Park, you're kind of limited with the amount of gigs you can have and stuff like that. So, you know, obviously, if you were to put it somewhere in the Midlands, you'd have you'd have the same problem with residents as well. Like, you know, but if you were to maybe, you know, try and plan out somewhere that would be, you know, away from people that would actually suit the locality and would be very good connection wise for everyone where everyone could get there um, fairly handily and stuff like that. And you could, you know, have like a, you know, a greenfield site and make it and make a really good one instead of bringing everyone into the city centre and stuff like that. So I think that would be a better idea. But um, yeah, I, I think, you know, I just, like there is benefits to live in that close to Crow Park and then there's also disadvantages as well. So um, I just think if they're, if they're having concerts there, they should just get the approval from the residents first rather than trying to announce them and then get the approval afterwards because we all know what happened the last time they did that, with, especially with uh, Garth Brooks and stuff. So um yeah, like with the concerts being announced, you'd like to see them going ahead. Um, but I suppose it's different when it's in your it's in your area. If it was outside your house, maybe you'd have a different view. You know the way? Yeah, no, I I'd I'd agree completely with you. I I kind of be on defence with it as anyone listeners and know I tend to be on defence. But I love going to concerts. If it was that close to Croke Park, I'd probably be at nearly every one of them. Um. But you can kind of see um, it seems to be a small number of residents. Some people are in favor of it. They enjoy it and all of that. But um, it's it's like that saying you have to walk in my shoes. So, um, yeah, I would have a bit of sympathy there, especially around, say, antisocial. But um, hopefully uh, Kilkenny can gain or, as you say, that they will. Uh, build somewhere outside of Dublin. I'd love to see regional concerts. I mean, the likes of there are great concerts in Turles. I was never at them, but they looked brilliant. Um, Simple Stadium in Turles. Um, I think O'More Park in Port Leash, uh, Tullamore likes it at. Um, it, but we see how it plays out anyway. Uh, we move on to our next topic. Any anyway, Robbie, and we're coming into the month of uh close to Halloween. Uh, the 3rd of October recording this this will be out on the 4th but uh, what would your favourite horror film be to watch on Halloween yeah I kind of like the, the original Halloween um, it's really eerie and um, yeah the kind of Mike Myers character is really uh, not not fascinating but he's kind of interesting the way he kind of moves around and wears the mask and stuff like that you know the way and um, yeah I think the original Halloween is a real good one and another one as well is the original Omen movie, um, which actually I sat down to watch um, on a bank holiday, uh, October bank holiday many years ago when the clocks were going back. Yeah, they were going backwards. And I thought it was going to be a very short movie, but it actually was a long movie because the, the time I had, uh, it was meant to be over, was adjusted for the, the clocks going back, you know, so I ended up oh, getting yeah, proper, yeah. proper freaked out that this movie was still going on. Um, so yeah, the original Omen is 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 genuinely a uh, quite scary movie as well. Uh, the new the new Omen movie I seen that in the cinema was quite good as well. Uh, but you you can't beat the original. I think there's something a little bit more scary about the older movies that weren't maybe didn't have the special effects and stuff like that. They just kind of have a bit more of an eerie sort of vibe to them. And 
you know, a bit a bit more chilling and a bit more uh, scary as well. So, uh, yeah, the original Halloween and the original uh, Owen movies would be uh, probably my favorite two uh, horror movies. Yeah, I know. Cool. Um, yeah, I didn't see either of them now. I won't lie to you. Um, I I wouldn't be a huge fan of hers. I won't lie to you. It isn't. It isn't kind of that you'd be scared to watch her. That I just I don't know. I kind of like the kind of. The, it might sound strange. Do you know kind of the comedy horrors or something like that? I think there's more. A scary movie. Yeah, it, it likes it at something stupid and um. Like, I would have watched Poltergeist when I would have been younger. Um, and the one film that would have really, really freaking me out would be The Sixth Sense. Now, I wouldn't, I don't know if that would be classed as really a horror, but. Um, Psychological thriller, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that would have been a film that would have really freaking me out. But I suppose I was too young when I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that scene. Do you know where the girl is under the blanket? Uh, I think that yeah. scene really freaked me out. But um, yeah, the likes of Poltergeist of what I'm watching and enjoying. Um, par- paranormal activity I would have watching. But um, I would you believe I'd be kind of more interested in kind of real stories if that makes sense? Do you know kind of um, not the likes of most haunted type thing but do you know say the american ones where they kind of go more into the kind of the special effects around what happens or scenes like that they tend to be on late at night obviously but i kind of be more into kind of real stories and then kind of made up hours if that makes sense and yeah it does yeah uh, do you actually it brings me on? Do you believe in ghosts, Robbie? Have you witnessed anything, or do you think it's just kind of fairy tale and legend? Yeah, I think there's definitely is uh, ghosts or paranormal type activity. I haven't experienced that any of it, but I just think you know, you know, I would definitely believe there is some sort of a, a spirit realm or whatever it is. I don't really know exactly what it is or how how what form it takes and stuff like that. But I definitely think there is. Um, you know something else um whether there is or not i'm not really sure but i think there is and i definitely think there is potential for ghosts and kind of weird stuff happening but um i definitely haven't experienced anything um and it would uh you know proper probably proper freak me out if it did to be fair yeah no i i'm kind of i did have a couple of experiences and now i can't explain in other words and i'm kind of if i saw something i'd have to investigate if that Mm. makes sense um i yeah there was one time in a relative's house there was something that i just can't explain um what happened and uh well i was asleep um i had to share a bed uh with my father um we're coming back from a match and we're staying in the relative's house and um yeah no i was just woken up in the middle of the night um felt something leaning over me and whisper in my ear in other words get out um and sure it wasn't your dad 
<laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, I woke up freaked out and it would have been the second time that that would have happened in the same room. Uh, I was on my own the first time. The reason why we had to share was the, the house was crowded at the time and I was chanting to the father um, the next day and he said he felt something as well. Um, so I'm not saying it's paranormal or something. Uh, reading up about it, you often hear a sleep paralysis or something like that. Uh, where, yeah. But when someone else felt it, the first time that it happened to me there, I was actually really sick. Um, I was sick for, I think, about six weeks with a really bad vomiting bug. Um, a relative of mine was terminally ill at the time, so we would have been um, up and back. Um, and, yeah, it would have been the same thing. I uh, would have feeling a presence over me and hearing in my ear. And that, it, that time really freaked me out because... Uh, I kind of was running a fever and that as well. I think I would have been more vulnerable. Do you know the way that you'd be kind of uncertain kind of, but uh, I'm not mm-hmm. saying, I'm not saying that they are paranormal, paranormal or they were ghosts or something, but it is something that was kind of strange. Uh, another one, I was actually driving to college one day um, and I was driving in a road that would be close to us. I don't want to name where it is because they are a gravestone there. Um, and yeah, I saw someone walking in the distance right uh, where the gravestone was. Now, the part of the road it's on, yeah, their house is a good bit up from it. But there's a kind of a long stretch of road far away. So if there were someone walking they wouldn't have having a chance to disappear. But I definitely saw something in the distance. And when I got up, I could see nothing. And just after I spotted the tombstone. Um, so whether it, was my imagin- whether it was my imagination or not, but I, like I'm saying, I'm skeptical. I hope there's something there, but yeah, they would have been too two or three incidents that um i would have but i i kind of like i was saying i hope they are real but i can't say they are uh the yeah. two times i was asleep it could have been nightmare and uh like father saying it could be a situation where i don't know it, he could have just seen it for the sake i don't know he he is fairly honest but anyway uh i think i'm after dragging on enough but uh yeah <laughs> i it's, know it's good to be confirmed anyway we will yeah. we'll find out anyway hopefully for not for a good number of years anyway <laughs> many yeah. decades yeah exactly uh we move on before we freak Liam out if he's listening because i know Liam isn't fond of uh ghost stories or that uh tom brady is returning to new england not as a player but uh with his team in the nfl robbie yeah, well, he's he's playing for the books. Um, yeah, but he's probably going to come back and uh, haunt uh, the Patriots. I'd say uh, Patriots not doing too well at the minute, but um, yeah, it's really like uh, for many years it would have been people talking about who was behind this success in New England. Was it Belichick, who's the Patriots coach, or was it Brady? Um, and a lot of people would have been leaning towards Belichick, and that maybe Brady was just uh, a part of the system. Um, 
but um, he left uh, New England last year. He went and won the Super Bowl, uh, Tom Brady did. So the narrative has kind of shifted to like, oh, maybe Tom was the um, the real reason why they won all those championships. Uh, and probably overall, it was probably both of them together. But um, it's, uh, you know, Brady going back to, uh, to Foxborough to play and it's going to be quite emotional. He's probably going to be getting cheered by a lot of fans, uh, even Patriots fans and, you know, it's probably a really weird dynamic. I remember, um, I think it was David Beckham. He was playing for, could have been AC Milan, and he came off the bench at Old Trafford. And every time he, when he didn't have the ball, they were chanting his name and they were really giving it socks, chanting Beckham's name. And then whenever he got the ball, he was being like booed by everybody. Like, so it was kind of a crazy dynamic that when he didn't have the ball, he was being cheered. And when he, when he got the ball, he was being booed. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see if something like that happens with Brady where they're kind of maybe chanting or I don't know what, whatever uh, don't know, even, even if they do many chants at NFL games but um be interesting to see his reception um, and they did a really good kind of hype video at the music of Adele hello hello from the other side um, <laughs> so it'd be a good one to check out from on YouTube it'll like, give you chills actually but um, yeah it's an interesting dynamic and uh, you imagine both Brady and Belichick are going to want to win uh, at all costs sort of thing. But the thing is, the Patriots, it doesn't really matter who the books have as their quarterback uh, because the Patriots are, are really, really bad based on their last uh, their last game anyway. They're, they're a rookie quarterback. And, you know, is he going to be able to step up on the time, on the night? Uh, we'll find out. We'll, by the time he's listened to this podcast, we'll know what has happened. But, um, yeah, that, that game is going on tonight, Sunday. So by the time this is out, it'll be Monday. So we'll know what the result is. So uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch and it'll be uh, going straight onto YouTube in the morning to see what happened. Yeah, my uh, curiosity and my follow-up with that as well. I think that game's on at around one fifteen. Is it on yeah, Monday morning? Yeah, a bit late for yeah. me. Yeah, I know the same now. I won't lie to you. Uh, but I'll definitely check it out when you're on about the Dell song there. I hope the books aren't singing someone like you anyway. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> but uh, it brings us on and I think it was a brilliant uh, part of the topic you suggested, Robbie. What do you think of this Super Bowl halftime show? Yeah, uh, as in like the, the next act that's going to be on is uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar and Mary J. Blige. So it's a real blockbuster um, load of acts together. Like last year or this year, whatever was um, the weekend and he put on, you know, an amazing kind of show that went all over the stadium and stuff like that. Um, but in general, it's it's a great sort of maybe like festivities as part of the big event that is the Super Bowl. Um, but, you know, I think that this halftime show is an event that you can almost be tuning in just to, just to watch that. No, never mind the football because um, like so many legendary artists together in one place, it's going to be amazing. And uh, I'll be looking forward to that just as much as the, the football that surrounds it. Yeah, no, definitely a bit of one part to, now I won't lie, I would have wouldn't have watched the main Super Bowls that I would have loved and see because I was usually working um early the next morning, uh and this year when I had the right chance to do it when I wasn't working I fell asleep uh so uh, that's not pretty late to be fair 
yeah i know but uh yeah no i definitely that's on in january so i definitely check it out and actually on about that and i'd be biased saying this i think the video of bruce springsteen's halftime show i don't know how long ago it is but it's on youtube it's definitely worth checking out if you're a bruce springsteen fan because it was exceptional but the lineup for next year i think is phenomenal so i definitely even if i'm working early the next morning uh i'll definitely check that out uh brings us on robbie we're on about horror films and i shared um and i regret sharing them now the couple of uh potential ghost encounters i would have having uh that might have screwing up someone's tummy uh but did you hear about the man over in lithuania uh i think it's lithuania sorry i'm just trying to find it here now i had it handy and it's after escaping me the joys of recording live anyway uh but a man he gave up alcohol and he swallowed one kg of nails and screws um in other words he had kind of the munchies uh from withdrawal of alcohol and he decided to swallow one kg of screws and nails uh, did you ever have any intentions of ever doing that, Robbie? <laughs> uh, definitely not. It seems like a very strange one. Uh, I suppose he's lucky to be alive, even swallowing one, no? Uh, can you imagine the damage it would kind of do going down? Uh, in what way would you even attempt that? Would you swallow it like pointy end first or would you let that follow after? It just seems a really crazy sort of thing, you know, and... Um, yeah, he's definitely infamous for you know crazy reasons. So it's definitely a good way to get yourself uh, get yourself noticed or whatever. But um, yeah, it, like it just seems like a like no logical reason. Uh, he must have been a serious uh, alcoholic for him to have to resort to this. To be honest, yeah, I just have the article up here. It's thanks to RT.ie, and yeah, it's in Lithuania. Um, he swallowed over a kilogram, as I said. It's in the Baltic port city of Kletapida. Uh, now, I know I pronounced that wrong, uh, but X-ray showed piece of metal, some measuring up to cent- 10 centimetres. 10 centimetres is a fair size. Uh, he went to the hospital with severe abdominal pain. I know we shouldn't laugh. I know we shouldn't, but I mean, it's like that joke. Do you remember Tommy Tiernan telling about the donkey eating the plastic? You should know after one that it may <laughs> not have been the cleverest idea. Like, um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I know we shouldn't laugh, but it was a three hour operation that was x ray controlled, and um, the patient's stomach was, sorry. Oh no, it was uh, they were removed from the patient's stomach, but uh, yeah, I know when I came across it, I just thought, my god, like I often heard of severe hangovers and beer fears and all of that, but I never got screwed up that way anyway. Yeah, uh, he definitely kind of uh screwed himself over to be fair. He did. I'm beginning to wonder, is it a Phillips? But uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> His favorite band, I know I want to make sure I'm not making this completely wrong. They are a band called Nine Inch Nails, aren't they? There sure is, yeah. Yeah, I know. I just wanted to make sure he's definitely <laughs> a follower of them anyway. Uh, we move on anyway to the World Sports Roundup and I'll let you take it first, Robbie. Yeah, just kind of following on with the NFL stuff. Uh, another big game tonight is the Los Angeles Rams against the Cardinals. I know that's uh 
Dreamy Leamy's teams is the, the Cardinals. Uh, so two undefeated teams. That'll be uh, that'll be a big game. Um, I know there was um, boxing on yesterday. The Irish boxing uh, kind of senior championships were on, and um, oddly enough, they didn't have the Olympic uh, champ Olympic uh, athletes at it. So they they had all the Olympic athletes kind of step out and they got all other people in to come in to compete for the national titles and then they're all going to get into the high performance uh with Bernard Dunn that the people who went to the Olympics and these people who won the senior championships so um I think they're planning on building one hell of a one hell of a team for the uh the worlds which is coming up uh, pretty soon so um that's one to kind of watch uh, Irish bo- Irish boxing did really well at the Olympics as as it usually does um so hopefully we can kind of kick on and do well at the World Championships as well. Yeah, and definitely. And uh, I'd be biased here in saying this as well. Congratulations to uh, Paul Sound, Darren O'Neill as well, uh, who was the oldest um, boxer to claim a national title as well. And uh, yeah, congratulations there. And Irish boxing's in a, a great position. And Bernard Dunn, um, a former world champion as well, is really excelling in his role there and uh yeah onwards and upwards um and irish boxing's in a great place katie taylor in the professional ranks kelly harrington staying amateur and then also all the other amateur boxers as well um and congratulations again to darren o'neill i'm absolutely delighted for him um he's a gentleman um uh, my picks for this week would be the Alfred Dunhill Championship took place um over the weekend in St Andrews and it was a good performance by Shane Lowry um he finished tied for fourth at uh, 15 under par um the winner Danny Willett was 18 under and also a shout out to John Murphy another Irish uh player who finished in ninth place a uh, joint ninth place at 12 under um, so it's great to see Shane, Low- Shane Lowry doing so well, um, especially after the disappointment. He had a great um, victory in the Ryder Cup on the Saturday last week. And uh, to see him performing so well as uh, well in the Alfred Dunhill Championship is terrific as well. Uh, the second pick. Oh, sorry. Uh, the second pick went out of my head, even though I'm watching it at the moment is the World Grand Prix of Darts is beginning in England uh, and I'm actually watching the game between Daryl Gurney of Northern Ireland and Bunting at the moment and I just love darts at this time of the year um, especially around Christmas when the World Darts Championship kicks off and the other biggest tournament to be the Grand Prix in november so having the darts on for the next uh, week or so look forward then to the world championships around christmas that begins around um mid-december as well uh, definitely worth checking out uh, do you have anything else had robbie before we move to the high ball no no i'm all good cool the high ball the high ball okay um so we kind of are on a horror team this week and we done high balls where you'd ask what player would you want to be or what superhero you'd want to be so following on to the topic of the favorite horror films what carry or what monster 
would you love to be in real life, Robbie? So I don't mean mm-hmm. monster. You can be kind of a humanoid if you want, or say a monster or whatever. Um, so say from a film or say mythical legend or that, would you like to be in real life? Yeah, uh, yeah. I suppose the one that kind of springs to mind straight away is uh, a vampire. Uh, and my logic behind this is that you know I'm ginger anyway, so you know staying out <laughs> of the sun, staying out of the sun is kind of something that I I do anyway, you know, so instinctively, so. You know, realistically, you know, it kind of would, you know, probably suit me. Uh, and it would mean I get to sleep in a lot, no more early mornings and stuff like that. Um, so the only thing is, like, if I was to be a vampire, maybe if I was to be a vampire when I had hair, uh, you know, because being bald for eternity, maybe not a great thing, you know. So that would be the one downside to it. So um, and possibly if I was Frankenstein, I could just get like a hair transplant, you know, that'd be quite easy. But um, yeah, I think overall, you know, vampire is pretty cool, pretty badass. Um, you know, they love nightclubs and stuff and going out and having a party. Um, you know, they like good food, you know, so, you know, it kind of, overall, it kind of seems pretty good. Um, but it wouldn't be like a kind of twilight uh, vampire, though, I don't think. But uh, a more traditional classic vampire. So, um, yeah, that's what I'd go for. What would you pick? Yeah, I, I, I be thinking neither frankenstein but then when you have so many parts of different people you don't know who you are in other words yeah. uh, but yeah i definitely go the likes of dracula um now not kind of the recent ones the kind of the bella lagossi i know i pronounced that wrong and i apologize but um kind of are do you know uh christopher lee um type um dracula um yeah. I now it might seem strange I'd love to be that type but I'd love to be as you're saying kind of in the current period obviously that you'd love to be able to head out all night and um yeah I mean the coffin and that even though you're undead might freak me out uh in a sense I don't know that might seem strange I wouldn't necessarily but I suppose if you're dead and you're kind of a horror person well it wouldn't matter but uh if it was paid 200 euro in the morning to lie in a coffin in the dark i don't think i could do it uh so yeah it'd uh, be difficult all right before <laughs> yeah i know that'd be the one and i definitely wouldn't be twice now i was chatting to a friend during the week they were on about twilight uh i never saw any of those films um but still they don't appeal to me um yeah, for maybe do you know kind of do you know what was your man's name? Angel was it in Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yeah, Angel. Yeah, or I, if I was you know Buffy the Vampire, you'd have to go for uh, Spike. He was probably way cooler. Spike. Yeah, I know. Would you believe I completely forget that show? But I remember I used to really enjoy it. I can't even name Buffy's name in real life. That's how bad. Uh, it Sarah Michelle Gellar. She's actually Sarah. in. I know what she did last summer actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, you have it. She was in Scooby-Doo as well. How sad I know that. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, um, if I had the chance of, say, the likes of Buffy or someone uh, hunting me down, that would make it even better. <laughs> You'd be happy with that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I'd be kind of that type of Dracula. Uh, i kind of rather be the kingpin than kind of the the lower down vampires if that makes sense and it isn't anything to do with snobbery but i would kind of like to be um 
that's why I kind of go like the Christopher Lee, uh, Bella Lugosi uh, kind of type Dracula that you're kind of running solo, solo that you'd be kind of the only one. In other words, you know, like Superman or Batman or someone like that. I'd want to be kind of the one and only. Um, but yeah. Just where you're uh, talking about Christopher Lee, Christopher Lee, I was huge uh, man crush on him. Uh, he's the only character, he's the only actor in the Lord of the Rings who actually met uh, Tolkien. And I think he he used to be in the army or he was like an agent or whatever. And he was uh, the inspiration for James Bond. And he just has like, you know, his list of uh, his, um, his bio is just amazing. So just check out anyone, just check out Christopher Lee. He is an absolute legend. Yeah. And he seemed to be a real gentleman as well. Um, any, any kind of articles or interviews I would have seen him doing. Um, this might seem strange, but um, when I was growing up, the uncles and father and that, it, it, the Dracula films used to be on RTE years ago late at night usually around a friday night and uh yeah i would have kind of seen bits of them and then i'd be fired out of the room before the scary bits uh come on but um i always thought christopher lee was actually a relation because my mother's surname maiden name would have been lee and yeah i think he's part irish actually is he i think so so it could be connection there Maybe, yeah, I mean, I heard their connections with George Lee and RTE and all of that as well, meant to be down the line. I don't know how true it is, but uh, yeah, I would have. And another one, actually, my father's surname Mills, my name's Mills, but uh, I always thought when people were on about John Mills, the famous English actor as well, I always thought he was a relation as well when I was younger, uh, when you hear the name being bandied about. But yeah, I, I think Christopher Lee would have been... Uh, was a terrific um and uh, another character even though he never played i don't think he never played dracula or anything it'd be vincent price um i think he was a brilliant actor as well and uh yeah i know it's i think i think those days were kind of simpler i think as you're on about say the special effects maybe that's why i don't like the modern kind of horror films because i think they're not authentic in a sense, if that makes sense. Um, I think the kind of the older, say, Dracula films are that I'd I'd enjoy watching them. Um, and the very first one I would have watched in years ago it used to be on Sky back when I was in school, and I'd come home and watch it after school. Now do warfare stupid like, but um. I can't think it begins with an N. Nofati or something used to be the name for it. I sound corrected on that as well, but uh, <laughs> lots of stuff you want to check pronounce, yeah, pronunciation on for this episode, I think. I know it's brutal. Like, <laughs> I, it's I, I used to do radio years ago, and the horse's names used to absolutely <laughs> fuck me up. And no matter how much you try and do it you'd you just you just couldn't master it like you had too short a time to try and uh but yeah I mean, pronunciation wouldn't be the best that's why i always try and stick to english anyway uh, yeah. and even at that i can be poor at times uh <laughs> before i dig a hole anymore here robbie i think we leave it at that for this week um yeah good chat man happy days yeah really enjoyed it thanks a million for the pleasure of your company again if you want to check us out you can find us on instagram and facebook 
and we'd love to hear from you. We're also on uh, Apple uh, Podcasts as well. If you're listening to us on uh, Acast or Spotify, we also have that channel and we'd love for you to spread the word about as well. We will hopefully have special guests on again in the coming weeks as well. And before I go, I want to give a shout out to a good friend of mine. Um, He's tuning in from New Zealand, um, Brian Dunn. Um, I was chatting to him during the week and he was linking in about the podcast as well. So give a shout out to Brian. And yeah, until next week, Robbie, be good. Thanks a million. Thank you, Tish. Have a good one, pal. Same to you. Thanks a million. Take care. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye.